You are listening to the Genesis Podcast, a community of faith, love, and hope. As we look to the scriptures, it is our desire to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. We are continuing our Elements series, going through the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, uh, but we are looking at the individual fruit that is mentioned there and seeing kind of more fully how those individual elements uh, affect our life or how they're supposed to affect our lives. And once again, one of the things I think it's important for us to recognize is that when we talk about these things, these are supposed to be things that are coming from our lives. In other words, they're not something that we just go and find, you know, like we wanted to find peace or I need to find patience. You don't find it. You kind of have to develop it and it has to grow within us. And it's important that we understand the importance of this fruit, the characteristic of it and why it's so important uh, Gary Haugen, he is the one who has founded the International Justice Mission. And the IGM helps people who are enslaved, are uh, being uh, persecuted, deals a lot with uh, children, young girls who are being forced into prostitution. And at one of his talks, Gary starts actually with the old Peter Gabriel song called The Book of Love, and he plays actually a rendition of it that's done by Sarah Groves. And the first line in that song is, The Book of Love is Long and Boring. Now, that doesn't sound very appealing. But then what Gary does is he goes on and he explains what he means by that. And he explains that, it took 50 long, boring trips to the courthouse from the IGM office, and each one of those trips were 12 hours, a total of 600 total hours of just travel time to the courthouse to help rescue a 13-year-old girl who was being forced into prostitution in the Philippines. So 600 total hours of just driving. It also took 6,100 hours of filing and refiling and refiling all the paperwork, but that's how a 13-year-old girl is rescued out of the life of forced prostitution. It's long and it's boring, but it accomplishes something amazing. If you were to talk to an Olympic athlete, say, how did you get so good? He would say there are a lot of hours of tedious, boring, monotonous practice. You don't just jump in and now you can run or now you can jump or now you could do whatever it is you're doing. It takes time and you rehearse things over and over and over and over again, it is a mental discipline. PhDs, long, boring classes, studying. Anyone who's done anything significant will tell you that there are some long and boring things that take place before they get the desired outcome. 
That's how amazing things happen. It's through the tedious work. And what happens is when we are unwilling to invest in that work, if we are impatient because we want something to change now, you will never see the results. If you got, this is too much work, I can't make this drive anymore, I can't do this anymore, there would still be a 13-year-old girl stuck in prostitution in the Philippines because it was too tedious, it costs too much, but love is long and boring. And so what we need to do is recognize that this is trying to open our understanding of what love looks like. And one of the things we know that love is, is patient. And so in James chapter 5, turn with me to James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. James, towards the end of his letter, writes this. He says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because your Lord's coming is near. And so James gives us this kind of agricultural setting. This idea of patience, this idea of uh, land yielding, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit more, but he talks about this being such an important part that we are supposed to be patient, and this illustration of the farmer. What problems I think we have is we have a problem with the when and the then. When I go to college, then I will be able to start a new direction in life. When I graduate from college, then I can get the job I want. When I get the job I want, then I can have the life I want. When I get the promotion from the job that I wanted, then I can be able to do the things. When I retire, then... I will be able to fully enjoy my life. When I get a boyfriend, a a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, then I will be happy when I'm out of this relationship with my boyfriend and my girlfriend. Then I will be happy when and then. We have this idea of when something happens, then we will have the things that we want. And we shoot for temporary things. You see, a trip to the Bahamas isn't going to change your life. might be really fun for a few weeks that you're there. But then what happens is you become a here or a there instead of a when and then. It's just changing. It's the same thing. Well, if I'm here instead of there, then I'll be happy if it's when instead of then. But it's not something that will last. And you have to see that what has to happen is there has to be a focused consistency for there to be a development 
of character. And so I've got a new phrase. I posted it today on Twitter. The truth is the grass is always greener over the septic tank. See, the grass is green over all the junk of life. All the crap of life. There are times when we can get really discouraged. There are times when life seems to overwhelm us. Or or maybe there's a situation, has there ever been a situation where a person has an incident maybe around a person has made you mad? Anyone here? Okay. Not all of you. Okay. Interesting. Okay. There are times, you know, someone cuts you off in traffic or someone, you know, says something to you or you're dealing with someone and they, you know, get sarcastic towards you. And I've had times in my mind where, where incidents have happened with people and I, I, in my mind, I've punched them. I'm just telling you, I, I've, maybe that doesn't happen to you, but it happens to your pastor, okay? There are times in my mind where I have just like knocked them senseless. And then after a while, I realized the last couple of minutes, I've been focused in on this one event so much that if I actually would have done the things I was thinking, it might land me in jail, right? I could be wanted for murder or something like that if it goes too far. Because I am focused in. And you see, what's happened is when we're zoomed in on an incident, it becomes our world. It dominates our thoughts. We are blinded by everything else because all we see is the event. It starts to become the priority of our thinking. And what needs to happen is we need to zoom out and see that moment that it does not defy It does not identify who we are. It doesn't define us. That it's just a moment, it is not us. But we have to zoom out to be able to see a bigger picture. Otherwise, that is all we know. I can remember on a Sunday morning feeling very discouraged. We were just starting. In fact, I I might have been singing already, and there were just few people in the place. You know, it was probably on a summer. There's like 20 people there in the church or something like that. And I remember, I I don't forget, I don't forget, I do forget what series I was doing. It might have been the Momentum series, but I remember putting a lot of time studying. I'm not saying this to make you guys feel bad for me. I just remember staying up all night so that I could have something that I wanted to be of substance that I felt this could really help people's lives. This can really move people from, from this place of being stuck to this place of being free. And then I get there and no one is there. And, and I'm telling you, I was zoomed in on that moment. I remember just thinking, do I want to keep doing this? Is this worth it? Is this what I want? And I remember God impressing 
on my heart something, but it happened after a situation. I can remember where I was standing when it happened. I, I walked outside of the, the multi-purpose room and I was just standing out because I just needed like, uh, I was just having a moment. And I walked outside and when I walked outside, I saw Ben. I saw Ben for the first time in a long time. And I had so much joy seeing Ben. Like, oh my gosh, I've been thinking about you. It's so good to see you right now. And I remember at that moment, God impressed on me, can you just enjoy the moment where you're at instead of wanting it to be something else? Can you enjoy this moment? Because if you can't see what's in front of you now, you're going to miss everything. And you saved me, Ben. It did. It, it, was, it was a moment where God ministered to my heart and says, this is really what it's about. You need to see more than what you're seeing right now. And I had to pull back and I had to see the picture differently. I had to understand that more was taking place. And you see, this is where patience comes in. If you have a desire, a dream, something that you want to do, God has given you a burden in your heart, it's probably going to take longer and be harder than you imagine. It's proven that way for me. It's going to be longer to get there. It's going to take more work probably than you imagine. But if God has given you that dream or desire, it's probably going to be something that eats at you and you have a choice. Suffer through it or enjoy the journey. Because if you just suffer through it, then you're living in the hardness of that moment. If you enjoy the journey, you're able to pull out and see that there is something taking place and you're actually a part of it. I think back of our children. This happened with us, with me. And I know with Corrine too, because every now and then we'll talk about how, oh, we wish we could go back and do some things over or just enjoy them more. But it's always difficult, right? When they're babies, man, so much time. They consume your time. They just need to be held, fed, changed, cared for nonstop. And it's exhausting. But once that time is over, you never get it back. You never get it back. And then you see a little baby and you're like, I remember where a kid's slung and you hold someone else's baby and you just remember, I wish I would have enjoyed this more. And then they become toddlers and they start getting into everything and it's like, oh no, this is a new kind of crazy. But it's also a lot of fun. And then they start talking to you, having little discussions with you and you start interacting and seeing their personalities grow. And each stage, you know, they start to develop and grow and you can have that time or you can just see all the problems in that time. Even when puberty hits and teenage years and all the headaches that come with that, that is a time where you will never have that again and it's a time where you can actually have a voice in your kid's life and be a voice, maybe not so much in what you say, but in what you do. And it's important that we recognize the moments that we have 
are meant for us to live in them and enjoy them. Otherwise, we'll start to just despise everything. Pretty soon, everything is a burden. Everything is difficult. We're just grumpy people. And I think God is more concerned about what we become in the process than what we actually do in the end. I think, I mean, that's kind of what our journey series is about. God is trying to accomplish something in us as we start moving towards him. Now, I read a statistic. This was really interesting. I thought it was interesting. It says, if you live in a city with over a million people in it, a big metropolitan city, If you live in a big city with over a million people in it, a pause, that's for effect, a pause will seem twice as long than it will for someone who lives in a small town. Because of the pace of life you are used to, those pauses seem to last forever. And I believe it, because I remember when I was going up to St. Helena, thinking about stepping into a church that was up there. And I stayed there one weekend with this family, and I was kind of stranded there. I didn't have my own car. I had just my phone. I didn't have anything to play games with. My phone didn't really have any games. I think I had Bubble Breaker on it. And I remember I forgot my charger, so I was like conserving energy. It's like I wanted to play games, but I can't because I'm going to need to make a phone call later on. It was one of those kinds of things. And then one of the guys who lived there at the house where I was staying, he goes, I'm going to go for a bike ride. And I was like, okay, I'll just stay here and do nothing. They didn't have a TV. I know. I was like, man. And I, was, and I went outside, and it's beautiful, and I read a little bit. But I'm a little ADD, and I have a hard time reading if I don't have something else going on with me. you know. And I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, what has happened? Where am I? I cannot live this slow. And it was driving me crazy. And I think this has happened. You know, we want life to happen at the speed of light. We want it to happen fast. We want things to go. What's that Russian comedian, uh, Yakov Smirnov? When he came to the United States, he said he loved the supermarkets. He'd go into the supermarkets and he would see so many things just so plentiful. And he saw, look at this. They have powdered milk. You just add water and you get milk. It's amazing. They had powdered eggs. You just add water and you get eggs. It's amazing. And then he saw baby powder. He said, the United States, it's the most incredible place in the world. This idea of we can have these things right now. I mean, think of when you're hungry, you usually get something to eat within an hour. And for some of you, that's too long. But there are other places when you're hungry, you might wait a full day. We want to live at the speed of light. But what James is telling us to do is we need to live at the speed of the seed that's planted. And he's pushing us to think like the farmer. You see, 
the idea of a yield that he talks about there, that you know, when the crop brings forth, patiently waiting for autumn, spring rains, where is the yield? Uh, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. Yield is an agricultural term, but it's also financial. Greed is financial impatience. Wanting something, just to have it. You know, we we want to have things. It took our parents 30, 40 years to get it, but we want to get it within a couple of years. When Corrine and I first got married, we got a credit card. And it was the most amazing thing. Because you could get whatever you wanted right now. And I remember blowing the limit on that credit card on sound equipment and on a TV. It was a giant 36-inch monitor TV and a VHS hi-fi convertible recorder player. And it was great. It was I had to have it right now, and it was great because all I have to do is pay whatever it was every month. We could do this. We could do this. Then she got pregnant, had twins. That bites into your budget quick. Boom. You know, I've got a beautiful TV, but I got these kids that need to be fed. And I'm spending this money on my bills, and I'm like, oh, no, we got to buy diapers. And then it got stolen. And I was still paying for it. But I wanted it now. You see, greed... Is just that. It's financial impatience. We want the yield of having something without the attitude of the farmer of planting, watering, and waiting. What you yield, it's kind of called compound interest. It's what you get from what you've sown. If your grandparents, this is kind of cool, if your grandparents purchased one share of Coca-Cola stock in 1919 for $40, it would have split into 4,608 shares. And if you would have kept reinvesting the dividends, today it would be worth $7 million. The one share of Coca-Cola. If your great-great-grandparents purchased Asa Candlers, which is the company that Coca-Cola came from, the original Coca-Cola shares for $100 and kept reinvesting the dividends, they would be worth $7.34 billion. Coca-Cola. That's a picture of compound interest. It's also the power of patience. You don't get it right away. But it's developing something. Corrine and I have been happily married for 21 years. This past year, we celebrated our 31st anniversary. Some of you are putting the math together. (laughs) There were a few difficult years there that we had and we went through. But you see, there's a compound interest that marriage develops into the depth of relationship that we didn't have 20 years ago. 
well, we loved each other, but the depth of relationship is not the same as it is now. Our love hasn't just endured the test of time, it's actually gained interest. It has more substance. We've gone through more. It's greener, and there's a septic tank that we've built on that has grown into producing a lot more in our life. This idea of enduring, this idea of the compound interest, this idea of patience, waiting for a yield to come up, it's something that happens financially, it's something that happens relationally, it's something that happens spiritually. You invest into your spiritual life and you reap those dividends as well. Integrity. You invest in integrity and it has a yield. I mean, think about it. You can go bankrupt with one bad decision. You can do the same with our integrity. Trust. It compounds as well. And, and all those things, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, faithfulness self-control, all of those things, you can have compound interest in them. You can develop all those areas of your life where you get a yield that is more than what you put into it at the beginning. You started off with just a seed, but you watered it, you waited, you, you kept going there and helping it to grow, and then it produces those things, that fruit in your life. All of those are a part of patience. There's a compound interest of all these things, but the key is patience. What if we thought of patience as not waiting or enduring, but as investing? What would happen if you saw that with your children? Man, you're really testing me. I'm investing in you. What if you saw that in your relationships with your husband, wife, co-workers, they're really bothering me, I'm investing. I'm not just enduring. I'm waiting for a compound interest. I'm waiting for a return. In Matthew 13, 8, Jesus said, still other seed fell on good soil, the, the parable of the sower and the seeds. Some seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160, 30 times what was sown, it produced, it yielded a crop. How would you like to have 30 times the peace in your life? How would you like to have 30 times the love, 30 times the joy, 30 times the self-control, 30 times? How would you like that production to come back into your life? Well, for that to happen, there has to be patience. Patience is long obedience in the same direction. You're steadfast. I'm holding on to this course. In spite of all the things that happen, I'm waiting because there is a yield coming. See, patience is that obedience to promise. It's the obedience knowing that there is something that comes from this fruit. It is producing something in our lives. Patience like love 
can be long and boring sometimes. But it will produce something amazing and lasting in our lives. You see, the amazing things that happen happen with people who are patient. And if there is something lacking in your life, this is probably the area where you're having the struggle. It is with me. This is the area where I don't want to wait. I want to find the quick fix. I don't want to watch what I eat, diet and exercise. I just want to take that pill that they sell on TV. It's not going to produce the yield that the others will in my life. I want to play guitar like some of these amazing people, but I don't want to practice. It's not going to happen. Whatever you want to do well, it's going to take time, and that includes living well. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Maybe you've given up. Maybe you've thrown in the towel and said, well, this, this isn't going to happen. I'm not going to have the life I want or I'm not going to see the things that I want fulfilled. I can't. I'm not strong enough. I'm too old. I, you can fill in the blanks with the reasons that you have. You see, the farmer is your example. If you will start right now investing, watering, waiting steadfast in the right direction, the same direction, you will get the dividends. You will get the reward. How many times have we quit when it was just a few more moments we might have held on a little longer we could have gotten those things that we wanted. I know I've shared some of you. A friend of mine was at the Dodger game when Kirk Gibson hit the famous home run. But he didn't want to deal with traffic, so he left the inning before and missed one of the most monumental events in baseball history because he didn't want to wait in line for the car. And that's a picture of our lives in so many areas. I could experience something amazing, but I just don't want to wait for it. I'd rather find it easy somewhere else and then you never get it at all. 
And so patience might be built on a septic tank. And love might be long and boring. But the dividends are amazing. And there's the promise. Listen to the farmer. Oh, there's got to be the fall, the spring rain. But then it produces something. And that's what we want for our lives. Let's pray. Father, for so much of my life, I have thought of patience as enduring and just waiting. But Lord, it is more than that. It is investing. It's investing in our lives. It's investing in the lives of others. It's investing in our our careers or our children. And Lord, if we will take cue from the farmer and learn these lessons that it takes time for that seed to produce something, if we could stay obedient and steadfast in the same direction, then it is just a matter of time before our lives produce 30, 100-fold more. Lord, I I don't think there is anyone here tonight who doesn't want more blessing in their life, who who doesn't want a richer life that is filled with hope and joy and goodness and kindness and and all the things that we are talking about here in Galatians. There isn't a person here who doesn't want more of these things, but Lord, help us to see if we are going to have more of these things, then we have to be patient. We have to watch that seed germinate, grow. We have to water it. We have to care for it. And we have to go through the long, boring process before we get the freedom that it produces. And Lord, I pray that we would grasp hold of this truth and that we wouldn't want just quick gratification, but Lord, we would desire what you have for us we wouldn't get weary in doing what is good. Lord, at the right time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Lord, I pray here that we would not give up. We would wait patiently. We ask this in Jesus' name. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.